Welcome to the Pro AV Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Elmer Guardado. As the AV world becomes more saturated and competitive from both the product and specialist side, companies are being forced to adapt and instead focus more on building relationships and collaborating on building a more complete and unique user experience. Today we're joined by Luke Jordan, account manager at Electroacoustics, to talk about how his company is adapting and working to exemplify the changes we're seeing in the industry. How you doing, Luke? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, of course. Thanks for joining us. So, Luke, I wanted to start uh, just at ground level. Can you tell us a little bit about what Electroacoustics does? Uh, yeah, we are a local integrator in Fort Worth, Texas. So we do audio, video, lighting, and control systems. And we really just stay in Fort Worth. So that's really our focus. So we've got 25 employees. and um, kind of just do everything we can to be a, a Fort Worth tradition and uh, live in that space. Right. So I, I always like to ask this of people who have been in the in the AV industry for, for a while. Have you seen any shift in the way conversations with clients are, are happening in the pro AV world? Do you feel like it's gotten more in-depth or focused or, you know, the the inverse of that? How do you think consumers are changing in the pro AV space? I think there's definitely been a shift. Uh, if you go back really far, I feel like you had to convince people that AV had value. Instead of your whiteboard, you have these tools for your, for your boardroom, for your office that can add value. Um, instead of, you know, this product over here that, that really doesn't do what you want, here's, here's a designed um, you know, not commodity, but here's a design solution that can really add value and meet that need. I feel like you don't really have to convince people that AV has value or that it has a place, um, whether it be in their organization or their their space. But I feel like now the shift has changed from I'm an AV provider and I know everything and you have to come to me for the solution. You're seeing a much more informed buyer. So they, by the time they call you, uh, and they are calling a little bit more, I feel, they've already looked at you and four other companies, and they decided to call you for a reason, but they have all these other options that they've already kind of figured out. They'll even call you and say, I want this solution, and it's a pretty educated guess or just very good idea of what they need and how that's going to work for them. So I feel like, um, kind of box solutions offer a lot more. You're seeing, you know, Zoom rooms in the boardroom. Uh, you're seeing kind of prepackaged. You know, uh, one loudspeaker manufacturer has a line array that you don't have to tune it out of the box. It's pretty dang good already. And then if you know what you're doing, you can go in there and tune it, and and it's that much better. So I feel like the end user really has a whole lot of information and tools at their disposal. So the conversation has really shifted towards experience and design. You know, we're not giving out just an equipment list of really good products. We are entering into a relationship to develop that experience. So we spend a lot of our time just getting to know them, what, you know, get to know our clients, what they're trying to create, what their, what their dream, what their vision is, and even help them explore that a little bit more. And you know, something that we constantly have to push is, you know, the gear is going to come, 
uh, the, the budget's going to come. We'll, we'll get there, and that's very important. But more than anything, we want to know who you are, make sure that we share values, that we have the same fit, and that we can move towards that design phase together. Right, and I definitely agree with that, right? We're seeing it as consumers become more aware and, and more curious about the nuances of the products they're they're looking at or experiencing with. And I wonder, Luke, as this relationship gets more intimate and, and, and stronger between you and your clients, how has it changed the way you're able to explain iteration, right? Because I think ProEV is one of the fastest changing industries, right? So is it ever difficult to maybe explain why product B is better than product A? Yes and no. I, gr- I read a great article this morning on Amazon, and they said that we always forget the question, what is going to be different in 10 years? Because they're really more focused on what has not changed in 10 years. People want to pay the least amount they can, and people want it delivered as fast as possible. Nobody, if they're ordering it through Amazon, is going to select the option that costs more money or takes more time to get there. So if they understand that in 10 years, low prices and fast delivery hasn't changed, they can probably bet that in another 10 years, people are still going to want it at a low price and as quick as possible. So knowing that those are two very real things that they can control, they can put a ton of time, energy, uh, money into finding out a way how to stay low priced and, and quick 10 years from now. And so knowing what they can control and and attacking that aggressively is a smart way to handle a rapidly changing industry. So I think for us, understanding who we are, where we play well, what we don't do well, and making sure that we do those things that we do well, really, really well, and continue to add value and provide uh, fantastic uh, value to our clients, I think that is going to continue to be the conversation for us because things are just going to un- change unbelievably from year to year and 10 years and 30 years. Uh, so that's kind of my take on that, I guess. Yeah, yeah, no, I, de- I definitely agree with that. And, and I'm curious, you, you know, you mentioned how you're no longer, or not that you ever were, but I guess it's expected now that you're you're not just giving a list of, of products, right? You're 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 explaining why and how they should be implemented and how to, you know, create the best user experience. Do you think that that's now a must in this industry where it might have not been a must, you know, maybe even 10 years ago? Um, I think as far as design over just an equipment list, I think that's always been there. But I think that there's more players in the game than there have ever been. There's, there's more qualified competition, at least in my area, than there's ever been. Um, and for one thing, it's good to see the industry growing and developing. It, it's really nice to be a part of an industry that's not going to die. Um, but at the same time, you know, I'm sure you've seen this week with with Blockbuster. They're down to their last store, and they had the opportunity to purchase Netflix for fifty million dollars in 2007. And almost ten years later, uh, Netflix is worth multi billions of dollars, and Blockbuster has one store left. So being and the a segment of an industry that's moving forward and growing is a fantastic place to be. But at the same time, understanding your value and doubling down on that, like I said, that that's kind of key. So it's always been there, but for us, low prices is not 
our value, but the design effort, the understanding of how everything integrates together and helping guide even an architect, a general contractor, coordinate with trades, help um, uh, a user understand how their space works more effectively before the room is built and and just being a, a leader in that design team for our clients i think is something that takes a lot of experience takes a lot of education and training and support staff to be able to continually provide that regardless of what type of technology is changing and, and it just comes down to being a good partner and that's something that our company has always done from the beginning and again that's something we recognize that is always needed and at times it might be understanding that that's not a space we play in. So uh, we don't do anything in the residential market. And so we've got some partners that we, we happily kind of pass things off when it's really not a good fit for us because we, we still want to take care of people and, and that value is always there. Right, right. And I think you, you're, you definitely can't put a, a price tag on, on that kind of you know, genuine honesty to be able to say this is not, we are not the right fit for you, even though if it might mean potential, a potential paycheck. Yeah, but I mean, it, it goes beyond a paycheck. Uh, if you take care of people, they're going to remember that and they'll still tell you, yeah. Um, if, if you need somebody that can handle this, you know, uh, this big project, I know that Electroacoustics was upfront and honest with me about you know, what they can and can't do. They connected me to somebody that, that did great work. And so I haven't personally worked with them, but I mean, a company that does that with, you know, is responsible with the little, surely they're responsible with a lot. Uh, and for us, because we only have one office, we have one branch, we're not national, uh, we're not international. And so any decision or any move we make is visible in our community and our reputation is riding on every single decision we make. If we wrong somebody to save some time frustration dollars whatever it may be they are not going to forget that and you know all these churches talk all these convention centers talk all these athletic departments of universities talk and if you know if we're on a bid and it's between us and another company and someone picks up the phone and says electroacoustics did your system right well how did that work out for you and and they they have a bad report about us uh, you can bet we're probably going to lose that job. So everything we do is really more focused on the relationship. If you take care of people, people take care of you. Right, right. Well, I think that's a perfect segue into something I really want to talk about. I want to talk about one of your projects that I think exemplifies everything you've mentioned. Can we talk about the Plano FCC project? Absolutely. Yeah. So why don't you just uh, kind of give us an intro to it and then uh, we can go from there. Well, what was this project and how did it come to you? So Plano FCC, Plano First Christian Church, is uh, it's a traditional liturgical style church, and uh, it's just beautiful. It's got stained glass, it's got the pews, uh, it's an older building, um, and they had you know an aging congregation, and so they were looking at how they could remodel their sanctuary to be more inviting, more engaging to a younger generation, without telling their their existing congregation that we're moving in a direction away from you. So they, they wanted to kind of fit the traditional look, uh, but engaging technology uh, and kind of the direction they decided they wanted to go uh, was to really do something about their stage space and their, their video system. Um, 
So we wanted to avoid just you know, putting ugly black boxes in space. So the direction they went was uh, video walls. But on top of that, they had, you know, kind of carpet. They had pews for their choir on their stage. They had the rails for their organ and their piano. So they had just barely any bit, any usable space on their stage. There's nowhere to put a video wall. We didn't want to do a projector in a screen because uh, it was just like a super high ceiling. So there's just really nowhere good place to put that. And so instead of just looking at the room and saying, this is what we have to work with, we'll do the best we can, is we got an architect involved. Um, and the first thing we did is we, we replaced the carpet with just a hardwood floor. Um, so acoustically, that just helped us be more reverberant and kind of connect the choir to the congregation. Uh, we also got rid of the uh, the rails that were separating the piano and the organ. We took the, the pews out and put in um, auditorium seating style chairs. Um, and so, and then we, we brought the uh, stage out into the sanctuary a little bit more. So we more than doubled the usable size of the stage. Uh, on top of that, they had this incredible, beautiful, you know, super uh, antique German altar that had been part of the church forever. And that instead of having that on stage, again, we just moved that right out into the, the center aisle in front of the stage, just, you know, getting us more space on stage. So just immediately, just with the stage design, we we created just an entirely different perspective. So now we actually have the space to have contemporary worship. Um, and And people aren't so separated by all these rails and altars and height difference. We you know, flatten the stage out. Uh, but then on top of that, we also had to figure out how to how to bring the video in. And so they had these kind of rounded walls uh, surrounding kind of the, the pipe organ. Um, and so we flattened that wall out and we integrated a direct-to-view LED wall into the back of it. And so there's tons of natural light coming in from all the stained glass and all the windows. So the direct-to-view LEDs did great in the natural light. Um, you know, there's no no washout or anything there. And so it's very dynamically engaging. It's visually impactful, but it still has all those traditional elements of the, uh, the piano on stage, the hardwood floors, the stained glass, the light. It's, it's just overall, it's just an incredible um, design. And, and all of the concept for that happened in the design phase. And as a result, we were able to put in a line array speaker system that, that reinforced everything well. Uh, but the biggest thing was just partnering with the church and challenging them, you know, what's more important, you know, and we kind of decided this experience. And so we just spent a ton of time understanding who they were, what they wanted to do, what was important, how they wanted to communicate. And then uh, we brought in an architect, we brought in a general contractor. And so we just helped assemble this incredible team that worked really hard to get towards this, this experience to where the technology followed in line, but the technology was not at all the, the, the big picture. That was not the point. Right. Those are good bonuses to making that space work for what they needed it to be now, right? Yeah. When you, when you understand where you're going, it's really easy to figure out what's going to get you there. But if you, know, if you start off with, well, you have natural light, so let's do LED video walls. Well, if you're focusing and starting off with the technology, even if that's the technology that really is perfect for that, it's hard to imagine how to put that into the space 
when you've got the super traditional stage that doesn't fit it. You know, so we start off with the experience. And then the first thing we do is, well, we need to change the, the stage. And from there, once we have redesigned the stage, then everything else will just fall into place. Right. And, and I'm curious, what, were there any, you know, unforeseen difficulties when, when beginning to execute this project? What, what about from the labor force side? Was it difficult to assemble this kind of team? Because it seems like it was, you know, a pretty, a pretty massive project. Uh, I mean, being local and part of the community, uh, there's just a lot of really great architects and general contractors that, you know, if we get the, the go ahead to go kind of bring a team in that we recommend, um, man, that's, that's the dream because we've just got several deep relationships in town. But as far as the labor force goes, um, I'd say that our culture is probably our most important thing as a company. So uh, our goal is to maintain all of our staff full-time in-house. Um, as as labor fluctuates, we'll, we'll reach out for some uh, additional help, but we, we put a ton of uh, time and, and effort into hiring, uh, promoting from within, training and maintaining a workforce that's competent and capable of doing everything from a few small service calls to uh, large university stadiums and, and arenas. Over time, have you seen a difference in ability to build this team? Like, has it, do you think you have more qualified candidates now than ever, or is it less so now? I think we have just become much more aware of the kind of people that we want working with us. And so I'd say that our hiring has gotten better, not necessarily that the labor pool is better than it's ever been. I'd say the majority of, I mean, if you look at all of our leadership and, and kind of senior technical staff, maybe 80% or more started out as installers, just kind of pulling wire, hanging speakers, and kind of learning everything from the ground up. We've We've had very little experience with bringing somebody in who can already just run a project and you don't you can just give them something and they'll make it happen we have very little experience bringing that in for the most part we're going to local community colleges uh related industries uh we've we've got a, a salesman right now where we did some work at his church and then kind of had having lunch with him having talking talking with him he kind of realized that he has kind of capped out uh where he was at and saw kind of career opportunities and growth potential working for us. So he actually went from being our client to being one of our uh, installers. Oh my God. That's so, <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> we, we've had that happen more than once. Uh, I've got a salesman and an engineer right now that, that both have had that, that same story. Um, so I guess we're kind of uh, shooting ourselves in the foot with our clients if we hire them all. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but no, uh, hiring from within. And the big thing for that is understanding what are our values and hiring people that, that share those values? Uh, so our values um, is craftsmanship, relationship, uh, a positive get it done attitude and stewardship. So kind of knowing who we are and who our people are is really important. And then also hiring people who have career opportunity potential. So if we're hiring you to be an installer uh, and just kind of help out, on a job, eventually we want you running projects, running the service department, designing jobs, selling, uh, project managing. You know, we want you to be able to um, to be here 
long enough for us to invest in you and also for you to to grow and develop and be more than what we're just hiring you for. Right. Uh, we don't we don't want to pay somebody one years of experience 10 times in a row. We want someone after 10 years to have 10 years of experience. Well, that makes so much sense. And uh, Luke, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me, Omer. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can go to marketskill.com industries and subscribe to articles, podcasts, and video content for your favorite industries. I'm your host, Elmer Guardado. Have a good day.